This is AM Rush. I'm your host, Alex Mitchell. Monday, April 27th, some headlines out of AM New York Metro today. Governor Andrew Cuomo begins outlining a plan on how to reopen New York State after coronavirus. So some light at the end of the tunnel there. And speaking of tunnels, the L train project has finally been completed. Not exactly the most ideal time, but nonetheless, it is set to go. And we are still here for you. That is the message from New York's cultural institutions and what they're doing with their online programming. We have a great interview coming up with that. This is AM Rush. I'm your host, Alex Mitchell. Let's start off with Governor Cuomo beginning to talk about reopening the New York regional economy as New York State is finally seeing a decrease in coronavirus cases. Now, according to Governor Andrew Cuomo over the weekend, the Center for Disease Control says regions can begin returning to normalcy after a 14-day decrease in hospitalizations, which leads the state into a three-phase plan to do it safely. And Governor Cuomo is indicating that Sunday, May 15th, is the goal to begin the first phase of that reopening. He said, quote, phase one of the reopening will involve construction and manufacturing activities and within construction and manufacturing, those businesses that have a low risk. Now, phase two is more of a business by business analysis in a matrix that the state had previously proposed. And then the third phase is much closer to Returning to a normal life, which we can all, fingers crossed, hope is coming soon. And something else that the governor addressed was the potential of bringing back sports. Now, that is a long time away, and whether or not fans will be able to attend games is another question, but it's nice to know that it seems like there is hope on the horizon. And some long-awaited news for many New Yorkers, particularly Brooklynites. The L-Train project is finally completed. Couldn't have been at a worse time, but hey, it's done. And it's ahead of schedule, and it's under budget. The Canarsie Tunnel linking the L-Line between Brooklyn and Manhattan will now be fully operational as of today after a year-long partial shutdown. Now, that also came out of Governor Andrew Cuomo's press conference. Besides the catastrophic 90% ridership loss and reduced subway service to just essential levels, there's some optimism. Now, according to the governor's office, the project finished up $100 million below budget, and it was originally projected to cost $920 million. Okay, and now we're going to talk with the vice chair of the city's cultural institutions group and executive director of the Queen's Theater, Taryn Sacramone, who is going to talk about all of the opportunities online to still experience New York's cultural institutions to the max and a bunch of really cool and really exciting virtual programming that in a lot of ways gets you as engaged, if not more engaged, than if you were going out to see these things for yourself. So now we're going to talk to Taryn. So Taryn, of course, you are so involved with the city's arts and culture sector. For those that might not be sure, could you Talk about how expansive it is throughout the city and just how many people this is impacting. 
Sure. Uh, the the cultural sector. Well, first, thank you for having me, and thank you for chatting about this. Uh, the cultural sector is enormous. It's thirteen percent of the city's total economic activity. Uh, Scott Stringer, the comptroller, comptroller Scott Stringer, released a report in October 2019 uh, that said that the cultural sector employs four hundred thousand workers and generates $110 billion uh, annually. So it's inc- incredibly large. And out of all the cultural institutions that have to temporarily go on pause in the city, what have you been doing to talk about adaptation and the best ways on going about that? And what are some of the biggest challenges that they're facing right now? Well, one of the bright spots during this incredibly challenging, unprecedented time is that the cultural community is really coming together and we're supporting each other and sharing information and resources and talking through some of these challenges. Um, So mid-March, around the time that Uh, Well, first, when right before closures happened and right when we were starting to see COVID-19 in the city and concerned about the safety of our visitors or, you know, what would happen if a staff member tested positive for COVID-19, we started gathering on on phone calls in the afternoon at three in the afternoon. It started with the members of the uh, cultural institutions group. That's a group of 34 cultural institutions with a unique partnership with the city. Um, We're located on city property and receive some operating support and make culture really available and accessible and affordable for all New Yorkers. And by the end of that week, when the cultural institutions were closed, those calls opened up um, to other cultural institutions as well. And now we have hundreds of cultural institutions who participate every afternoon. And we talk through Uh, all kinds of challenges, challenges to cultural workers right now, the financial challenges that we're dealing with, communication challenges, talking about what's happening with the cultural community, also talking through ways that we can move to online programming to continue to make culture available to all New Yorkers, even in a time of social distancing, talking about what cultural institutions can provide to the city right now, um, use of facilities, parking lots, uh, even things like ponchos, uh, for example, that cultural institutions have been able to provide. So we really talk through a broad range of topics. But the great thing about it is that we're talking to each other. I think given all the circumstances, so many New Yorkers now could use just a bright spot of arts and culture in their day, even if it's just online in between tasks, working from home, just seeing something. For the everyday person, what is available online now for them to go to? Well, uh, broadly, they can look at a couple of of hashtags uh, to follow things. One hashtag that's commonly being used is culture from home. For example, uh, you can look at the cultural institutions that you would typically go and visit or some that you don't even, you know, often have an opportunity uh, when you're working outside of the home uh, to go and visit and, and look at their websites, follow them on social media and familiarize yourselves with some of the new online offerings that are out there. 
we see that some cultural institutions have already had online programming being a dimension of what they do, and then others are doing it for the first time because they know that their communities miss them and they want to reach out to them. At Queen's Theatre, uh, for example, we you know, very quickly created some new online programming with that intention, with knowing that here we are in the epicenter, we know that the Queen's community is needing exactly what you talked about, whether it's distraction or entertainment or uh, some comfort throughout the day. So we created some uh, a series online called the QT Make Session, where we have uh, people from the artistic, the theater community actually cooking. <laughs> so you sign up and you get an ingredient list in advance so that you can have the ingredients in your home and you can participate either as a participant where you are uh, also shown on screen making whatever the recipe is of the day or you can be observing other people cooking them. And it, we came up with the idea because it's just something very uh, nurturing. You know, it's very, very nurturing thing to do right now to be baking and cooking and, and having conversations. Um, another example is story circles, which we've been having once a week on Friday. So we put a topic out. Uh, what is sparking joy for you? What are you eating right now? And there you can sign up. There's 20 signups for each session. So that's not about a large number of people participating, but a deep experience for the 20 who do. And then everybody's participating in the story circle. We've also have a lot of uh, education programs throughout the year, both on site and in schools. And we have our amazing roster of teaching artists putting videos of some of the lessons uh, that parents can be doing with their children at home, just theater games, something different. Uh, and we've been, you know, thinking of new ideas, pursuing new ideas, trying new things, experimenting with technology. And over the next few weeks, we actually have a number of projects that we're going to be rolling out and announcing. So again, another bright spot is finding these alternative ways to connect with people and to tell stories at a time when, again, I think you're exactly right. People need that. As a food reporter, you had me at the interactive cooking and baking. That <laughs> sounds wonderful. And when I get a chance, I'm certainly going to tune on. I'm not the world's greatest in the kitchen, but I guess now is the time to learn. And also for people that haven't necessarily been exposed to arts, culture, cooking, all these great things, would you say now is the time to just kind of jump on board and, and learn something not just about your city, but a new facet of life and a new facet of the world? I think so. I, I don't think people should put pressure on themselves necessarily, but I think that it's good to get outside of your day-to-day -day, uh, worries and, and look at something new. Uh, whether you're taking a virtual tour of a museum or you're trying a new recipe, it, it is something you, know, you can explore even from your own home. That's what this online programming is giving people an opportunity to do. And you might discover new interests, uh, new skills, things that you want to pursue. And uh, speaking specifically about your work in Queens, how hyper-local is it in a sense of community where people feel like they're, it's something in their neighborhood, where they don't need to travel to Midtown Manhattan to see arts and culture and something so unique? And, and how is this almost bringing their neighborhood back in a way? I think that you're exactly right. I think that the cultural institutions throughout the five boroughs and communities like Queens, you it, 
it creates community. It doesn't just serve community, it creates community by being a place where uh, people locally can go and have these experiences. And that's something that we're mindful of right now, too, is our longtime members or subscribers or patrons. One of the things that they get from walking through our doors is that sense of community. You know, our front of house manager, Willie Muscara, he's been our front of house manager for 30 years now. They love seeing Willie and saying hi and how are the kids, you know? And so we've been trying to find even offline ways to connect with people. We've been calling people, picking up the phone, asking how people are doing. You know, we really see ourselves as having these deep friendships with our community members. And so letting people know our doors might be closed, but we are still here. We are still here for you. And for those while in confinement that are either cooking, painting, singing, performing, any sort of aspect of culture, if they're doing this on their own and want to submit something to show you guys. Is oh, that's interesting. That that's a really interesting idea. We haven't put out a broad call for that, but that would be so fascinating and so great. Um, they could definitely send us an email at info at queenstheater.org, or they could reach us through direct messages on uh, Facebook or Twitter, uh, if that's the easier way for them to do it. But yeah, it's always been a dialogue for us between us and the community. And is there a hashtag on social media for people that already post them playing guitar, painting, whatever it is that you guys are connected to that they should follow along with? I love the idea of culture from home also, you know, being something that that people from home use. So then you would be seeing a mix of what cultural institutions are putting out and what people are doing uh, at home. One more question, and again, thank you so much for taking the time to come on, and I can't wait to get back and see some of the brightest spots of New York City, and even if it's doing it from my home, is there any interest in collaborating with other cities, other institutions foreign to New York in this time to show the best of everybody? Sure. I think that that's right. I think there are opportunities for that and opportunities to just for the for culturals to be using our own social media channels to amplify some of other institutions offerings. So saying to our Queens community, you know, you love what we do, but look at what's happening in this other city that might interest you, too. Taryn, thank you so much for coming on. And do you have a message to everyone that has been supporting the New York cultural community before I let you go? I want to say uh, thank you to everybody. And I think that this time when our doors are closed makes it clear that cultural institutions are not just buildings. You know, we're people, we're missions, we have values, we have programming, and we're thinking about you. Well, that sounds wonderful, and I think I might do some sketching, or I might pick up a guitar later just thinking about this, honestly. Well, you should. Absolutely. Taryn, thank you for coming on, and when all of this is said and done, I can't wait to get my foot in the door in Queens. I think that would be wonderful. I'll look forward to seeing you there. Thank you so much, and good luck with everything. Take care. 
And that was AM Rush. Once again, I'm Alex Mitchell. Thanks again for listening. Stay tough out there, New York. Tomorrow, we're going to talk with AM New York Metro Sports Editor Joe Pantorno about moves that the Jets and Giants made with the NFL draft. And there seems to be a lot of focus on the offensive line. We're going to talk more about that. And picks in the secondary, wide receivers, so on and so forth. New York, you're the best. Stay tough and wash your hands.